And Lord Jesus, I pray that we are trusting in that promise, that you will never leave us or forsake us, uh, that through your son Jesus, who we're here to celebrate and worship, uh, we have been adopted as sons and daughters. Oh Lord, we are so grateful. And as we turn our attention to your word, we ask you, by your spirit, to guide us through it. We pray all of this in your name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. How are we doing today? It sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, I like that. Today I want to talk about having the courage to trust God and believe by faith that His promises are true even when we feel uh, like they're not. Even when we feel like maybe He needs a little of our help in, uh, in, in seeing them through. I think about uh, God's promises and how we, we tend to treat promises, uh, kind of conditionally, uh, that we have been conditioned to have low expectations of, of, of the promises that maybe we uh, promise others and what is promised to us. When's the last time, here's a question for you, when's the last time that that you were promised something and the person didn't follow through on what they promised? We, last week? This morning? <laughs> uh, a month ago? Uh, years ago? I want you to think about that as we get started. Uh, go with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, last week we began in verses 1 through 4 and now we jump ahead to verses 18 through 13. Hebrews 11, I'm going to read this for us, starting at verse 8, starting at verse 8, we're going to look at this story of Abraham and Sarah, is that alright with you? Now faith, I'm just going to remind us of verse 1, is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Jump ahead to verse 8, by faith it says Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise, as in a foreign land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. It's interesting to note here that God calls him blindly to go by faith to a land of promise, and then when he gets to the land of promise, he has to dwell outside the land of promise in tents, not even entering that land in his lifetime, but only to be fulfilled in the life of his sons. By faith, he went to live in a land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of that same, what does it say? Promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He was looking forward. Not seeing what is ahead, but looking forward. By faith, verse 11, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age. You see where it's going? Since she considered him faithful. Since she considered God faithful who had promised. Therefore, it says... From one man, and him as good as dead. That's a nice way of putting it, isn't it? <laughs> and him as good as dead. 
were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Oh, by the way, happy Mom's Day. You're welcome. Did you uh, thank a mom or call your own or thank your wife or thank your friend who is a mom? I hope you did. I, I recognize, I acknowledge that a story like this on a day like Mother's Day might be difficult for some. Might be a real emotional, difficult day for you depending on your circumstances in life right now or dependent upon maybe your past or even your relationship with your mom. But I believe, and it's why we're here in Hebrews 11, looking at this faith of Sarah and Abraham, I believe that these words will speak into our lives just as they did when they were written by the writer of Hebrews who writes to a church who who was starting uh, to doubt what they believed in. Because of the persecution that this church at Jerusalem was facing, recognize that the context to what is being written here is a church that was beginning to doubt that what they were doing was the right thing. Looking ahead at a very hopeless situation and wondering, do I really believe what I believe? I I hope as we look at it today, we, we consider that ourselves. That we're honest with ourselves. You know, I used to think my mom was perfect. You've been in that stage before when you're a little kid? Yep. You think maybe your, your parents can do no wrong? Now, I don't know what your situation was, but I was in one of those situations. I, I thought my mom could do no wrong. But as we grow older, we start to see each other's humanity. The more we get to know each other, we see that, right? It's like that with these stories of faith. Abraham is heroed. Is that a word? Heroed? He is revered. How about that? Abraham is revered for his faith that he went to a land of promise by faith blindly. He, He couldn't see what was ahead and he was obedient despite that. Sarah is revered because of her faith that she believed the promise and kept believing in the promise that God would be faithful to fulfill the promises. That's what it tells us. And yet, I want us to recognize, if we know anything about the story as it takes place and is recorded for us in the Scriptures in Genesis chapter 16, 17, and 18, that throughout their lives... They seem to struggle in faith to come to grips with God's timing and what on earth He was doing as they awaited Him to fulfill His promises. In other words, these heroes of faith struggled to believe that God would fulfill His promise. Look at it in Genesis chapter 16. If you have a Bible, you can go there if if you don't. If you showed up at church without your own Bible or an app to look at, I mean, no judgment, but just saying. Uh, If you didn't, it will be before you on the screen. At least we'll highlight a few verses. Genesis 16, I want you to remember what happened in this story of Abraham and Sarah. 
It, it says, now, Sarah, at this point, Sarai, Abram's wife, this is before God changed her name to Abraham and Sarah, so bear with me if I say Abram and Sarah. Now, Sarai and Abram, his wife, had borne him no children. And she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abraham, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. I'll give you the PG version, or the G-rated version. She basically says, I want you to take her so that we can have kids. Okay? And it says that he does that in verse 4. And then she conceives. But what happens? When she conceived, it says that she says that Hagar looks upon her with contempt. I wonder if that's really what it was. Verse 5, and Sarah said to Abram, May the wrong done to me be on you. I gave you my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between me and you. But Abraham said to Sarah, Behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarah dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. Now, we're not given every detail of the story, but we can conceive that because of their sin, because of their unbelief, because of their struggle to trust in God, with it came family drama and relationship issues and envy and betrayal and anger and cruelty. Why? Because they, what? They took matters into their own hands. But just so that we don't quickly judge, I wonder if we are to just pause and think back on our life and different seasons in our life, I wonder if we would not see the same thing in our own lives. That when it seems like God is taking too long, we take matters into our own hands. That we begin to say to ourselves, God, but why? I thought that you wanted good for me. I wonder how many times we've even gotten angry at someone else, or God for that matter, for something we created ourselves. I mean, didn't, I read that right, didn't Sarah tell Abraham to do this? And then she's mad at him and Hagar? Did you notice that? God, you, you, you promise that you're good. Why am I not seeing good? Why is it that I cannot have what is good? I thought you cared for me. Why am I barren? Why, why am I single? <laughs> why have you taken whatever it is away from me? Why the hardship? Why the pain? Why the tears? Why so much time? Why is it taking forever? I mean, this is us. Yeah? This is us? Yeah. You can admit it. This is us. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And just to remind us of what we talked about last week. Faith in Jesus is a gift from God. It's His work within us. We cannot generate faith in God within our hearts any more than we can see the future. And faith is required for everyone who walks the earth. Faith is required. 
Faith is not a Christian thing. Faith is required for life. And yet we come to God by faith in Jesus Christ because that which is not seen, that which is ahead, is something that we can only hope in. But that's true of everything in life. There are many things we cannot see. Things before us and things ahead of us. We cannot see them. And although I would be hard-pressed to call it blind faith, that is the faith that we see in Abraham and Sarah. It's the faith that they struggled to have. That's what this story is about. What happens when we cannot see the light at the end of the tunnel? And so therefore we take matters into our own hands. I think we get so fixated, church, in our own lives and what's happening in the moment. And, and we're really good at living in the moment. Actually, God even commands us to live in the moment. And yet, in the moment, so often we get so fixated, not on what He has for us, or what we should be anticipating He has for us, or going in our relationship with Him and say we get fixated in our own lives, and our own timing, and our own opinions about what that is, and we fail to see what God is doing even in the meantime. That what God is doing as we await is drawing us closer to Himself. That what He has had from the beginning of time is a desire to have relationship with each one of us. And that He will purpose as He sees it through to draw us to Himself. That every day He is showing us that He is good. I want you to think about this for a second. Every day, God is showing you that He is good. Now, whether you believe that or not, I'm going to continue to lean on that statement as being true, and let me show you why. It's in chapter 16 and 17 and 18 where we see that God remain faithful despite the doubt of Abraham and Sarah. And even that he was faithful to Hagar. That he promised provision for her. And that's a significant part of the story. That God remained faithful and gracious and merciful, as we like to say, despite their sin and struggle and error and wrong over and over again. Look at chapter 18 with me, starting at verse 1. Kind of a, kind of a funny account. And the Lord appeared to him, to Abraham, by the oaks of Mamre, as he sat at the door of his tent in the heat of the day. It was time to deliver an announcement. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing in front of him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the earth. And they exchange some words, and then in verse 9, they ask him this, Where is Sarah, your wife? 
And he said, she's in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And, and you can kind of picture with me. Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old. Advanced in years. The, the way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. You get what it's saying? So, so Sarah... What does it say she does? It says she laughs. <laughs> we've all been there. We, we've been all told something at some time in our life that we, we just couldn't believe. Well, that's impossible. That, we've all said it, that can't happen. That, that can't happen. And so what, what do we do in our self-consciousness or, or, or our misunderstanding? We laugh. I'm like Sarah. We laugh. And what does she say? After I am worn out, <laughs> don't be so hard on yourself, Sarah. After I'm worn out and, and my Lord is old, listen how she talks to her husband. <laughs> Shall I have pleasure after, after we are the age we are? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? And say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I am old? And then this question that we all have to ask ourselves. Okay? Here it is. Is anything too hard for the Lord? You know, we have a world that prides itself on pulling itself up by its bootstrings. If, if it can't be done right, I, I, I have to do it myself, right? You know, you know if, if, if timing isn't going to work out, uh, I guess God is going to need my help and I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. And, and God stops us in our place and He says, wait a second, did you birth yourself? <laughs> what part did you have in your own birth? You are here out of the miraculous work of God. And every day I want to show you my goodness. Is anything too hard for me? Well, the answer is no, and yet I think it's a daily struggle, is it not? I mean, we sing of God being good. And we proclaim that we can trust Him and He will follow His promises and yet, sometimes we take matters into our own hands. Then the Lord says, at the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. Where, where does the struggle come from to believe, often fear? And, and then she gets corrected. No, no, you did laugh. <laughs> oh, you, you laughed. It's as if to say, when she was barren, and when Abraham was, what did it say, good as dead? <laughs> When it was possible 
Sarah and Abraham tried to help God fulfill his promises, but God doesn't need our help in fulfilling his promises. When it's impossible, when we're at the end of our rope, when what is needed is out of our hands, when we are fully reliant on something beyond ourselves, when we are good as dead, this is where God works his power. And to that we say, but, 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 but I don't know if this is the best plan, God. And yet, all things will be fulfilled in his timing when we truly can't do it that just so happens to be when God does this is where deeper relationship takes place when when God meets us where we truly are just as Ephesians 2 4 and 5 remind us but God being rich in mercy. I want you to hear that right now. Nothing is too hard for him. He's rich in mercy. He has plenty to go around for everyone. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved through faith in Jesus. Outside of Christ, we all have a faith. Church, outside of Christ, we all have a faith that's barren. We cannot produce life on our own. We can no more believe in God on our own then we can birth ourselves. Therefore, faith is not, and you need to hear this, not elite, doubtless perfection. It's not that, it's not that Abraham and Sarah didn't struggle. We're, we're seeing this. It's that both Abraham and Sarah believed God over and above their struggles with doubt and fear. See, some of us have been told that true faith doesn't doubt. That's not true. Every day we go through the struggle to believe that what is ahead is a hope that is secure. See, some of us have been told we won't face any hardship as long as we're just obedient to God. That's not true. Even Jesus reminded us that in this world we will have trouble. But He promised that His victory was won on the cross. And that when we place our faith and trust in Him... His presence will be with us always. By faith, Sarah considered God faithful who had promised. I believe there are many people here today who need to understand what this means. She considered God faithful who had promised. It's as if to say she believed God over her fears. She believed God over her struggles and her doubts. She believed even in the moment she couldn't believe it, that she believed him over the rest. See, the story of Abraham and Sarah is finally about more than a promise of a land and the promise of an inheritance. It too is a promise of a lineage and a provision that would come. See, Abraham and Sarah are a type of Jesus. 
It, it all points to what was going to come through their family line. That through Abraham and Sarah, not only would his family be saved from their sin and unbelief, but that one would come, his name was Jesus, who would save both, both Sarah's children and Hagar's children. Both the legitimate, as we might say, or the illegitimate children. Both Isaac and Ishmael would be saved. That God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believe in Him would not perish, would not stay dead. When they were good as dead, that's a humble thing to admit, that when we're good as dead, God will work and He will keep His promises. Let me ask you, are there matters in your own life you're taking into your own hands that God is saying, hang on here, I got this. Let me remind you in closing of Philippians 4, 12 through 13. It says, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. The point isn't that God's just there in the hurting and the hardship. He's there in all things. He's there when times are good, and He's there in times and bad. It says, in every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. And then these words, I can do all things through Christ through Him who strengthens me. I don't know what your I can'ts are today. I don't know what they are, but you do. And believe me, God does. And I believe He wants to use your I can'ts so that He gets the glory and so that He will be praised. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Because He is beyond worthy of our praise. He is the one that will see it through to the end. He is the one that will return. He is the one we place our hope in because there is nothing too great for our God. Amen. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for your word and the encouragement it is to each and every one of us. Wherever we are at in life in this moment, God, we acknowledge that that that, that your promises, even the ones that we have yet to see with our eyes, they are good. And we can trust them, God, because you are faithful. So, Lord, op open our eyes. Excuse me. Open our eyes to, to seeing your goodness in everyday life. Uh, that we would be thankful and grateful for bringing us to this place. That, that even in the waiting, God, when it seems like too long, you can use our, our I can'ts for your, your I wills, for your glory. So Lord Jesus, we pray that for each one of us, that we respond by faith, something that you do within us, not something that we generate in our hearts, but something that we allow you to do fully surrendered to your 
will. Praying this all in Jesus' name. Amen.